Welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, the introductory episode. Uh, this is your host, uh, Tony Tresoni and Ben Palaz. Wonderful. So uh, we're happy to introduce you guys to our new podcast. Uh, and that's probably a tentative title, but uh, if we embrace it, I think we'll be calling it the TFM. Uh, so why don't we uh, give some more details about ourselves. Who are you, Ben? Who are you, Pastor Ben? Pastor Ben. Well, <laughs> around here I get called Pastor Benny, Bishop, and nice. all sorts of things. But um, <clears throat> Esteemed Bishop I mean, much? Uh, actually, I do, because we had a guy come <laughs> to our church who... who identified himself as Bishop so-and-so, and so then after that, one of uh, my pastor <laughs> friends here starts calling, every time he sees me, calling me Bishop, but um, yeah, but, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a child of God. Um, I'm married to Tiffany. We've been married for eight years. I've got two little girls and one on the way, which was to find out the gender tomorrow, and I am a native of Georgia. Uh, just moved back here about a year ago, and I'm a pastor for Family and Children's Discipleship, at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. Wonderful. Yes, and I am uh, Tony Tresoni. That uh, I'm the one live right now. In the future, we should be improving the audio, uh, so we'll have us both a little bit better. But uh, we're kind of a good bit away, aren't we, <laughs> Ben? Uh, yeah, Maryland to Georgia. Yeah, so. Maryland to Georgia. So not something I could just walk down to a coffee shop and do with him, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, yes, I'm Tony Tresoni. Likewise, I'm a child of God. Uh, blessed to be adopted in God's family through Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm married to Danielle. Uh, we have three wonderful kids, including one that's only two weeks old right now. So actually uh, two weeks and two days old. Uh, so that's a blessing and keeps us on our feet and keeps us from sleeping, certainly. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, yeah. How tired are you guys? <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> the, the boy uh, is getting a little jealous, to say the least. Unfortunately, yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah, so getting up not just for the baby, but for the toddler, which is a joy. Uh, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I'm also the family, children, and young adult pastor at Westminster Baptist Church. I know that's a mouthful. It's my technical title. Sometimes I just go by the family pastor, and I've been here at uh, Westminster Baptist for a couple years now, and excited and amazed to see the Lord the ways the Lord uses me despite myself. So that's me, and that's Ben. Wonderful. So why a podcast on theology of children and family ministry? Why would you say that we would need that kind of podcast, Ben? Well, I mean, you and I have been friends for uh, a long time, and we've talked about these things for a while. And as I've gotten into this position, and you have been in, in your position uh, for about a year before that, you know, we recognized the need for bringing theology to bear on children and family ministry. And, you know, we want to help other pastors and family pastors, children's pastors, directors, youth workers, and, and ultimately parents to, to bring theology to bear on, on their lives and on their ministries. And, you know, we're all theologians of some sort. We're just good ones or bad ones. Yes. And so sure. um, we, can't, we can't ignore it and just say, well, we're, we're going to put that to the side. Because even that is, you know, if... if God is really who he is, and everything is theological. Amen. It's true. Yeah, as for me, uh, some of the reasons why I really thought that there was a need for this, and I'm so thankful to have a friend like Ben to do this with me. Uh, I'm a big podcast lover, and I've seen the ways that God has used podcasts for my own life. 
to uh, increase my knowledge, to make me more aware, and to encourage me even. Uh, I think there's a great uh, many resources of a podcast that can strengthen your faith, that can educate you on life, that can even make you aware of the news in a, with a different angle that are interesting. Uh, but I, I think that there's very few podcasts that are going to function in the way that ours will. Uh, and I hope that our podcasts are able to be a resource to parents and family ministry workers, especially to make that statement, as Ben aptly put, I think, that everyone's a theologian. Uh, and there's very few, I think, podcasts related to theological family ministry. I think there's some wonderful resources out there, especially from Children Desiring God. But I think it would be a joy and a help, hopefully, to parents. And we hope to encourage parents through this podcast. Wonderful. Anything to add to that? No, I think, I think that covered the basis. Why is that theology important for children and family ministry, Ben? Well, like we were just talking about, everyone is a theologian. Um, and even someone who's an atheist uh, is someone who they can't get away from God. They're they're denying His existence, but it's still um, it's still a theological Amen. Uh, endeavor that they're in. And so, um, you know, we think that Scripture is a unity and it makes sense of life. And everyone is is moving from the Bible itself, the verses and the the chapters and the books to theology without even realizing it um, and or even calling it that, but that's what they're doing. And so, you know, we want to be explicit about that and think together about how to, to do that well, how to do it in a faithful way, and to help others to do the same thing in their own context and how to help parents to teach yeah. their kids to have a, a theology that's biblical because uh, ultimately that shapes their life. Uh, it's not just about being able to discuss ivory tower things. Um, you know, true theology should inform the way that we love God and we love other people. And really, in a sense, one could say with that, you know, I like to say that parents are their children's pastor, but they're kind of their theology professor as well, aren't they? That's true. I mean, that's, that's, that is a helpful way of looking at it and just kind of recasting it for people. Yeah, I don't think they have to be as nerdy as, as either of us, but uh, they're certainly under the <laughs> I was told Saturday at a, a friend's wedding, I was the groomsman, and he got us individualized gifts, and he got me a, a cultural commentary on the Old Testament. He goes, you guys are all nerds. You're just nerds in different ways. And so, you know, I, I was thankful for the gift. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of upped the ante on my nerdness. I have these new giant glasses that I have to wear every day. Uh, some eye issues, and now I've uh, got these huge, big, uh, totally uh, hipster glasses. So, trying to embrace the uh, hipster life. You know, I use now, I've started to use the uh, French press coffee and all those kind of hipster, nerdy oh, acts. So. You, you, have you moved to the skinny jeans? Not quite yet. So, I'm, <laughs> I probably eventually will be heading down there, that road. So, I think, think everyone is thankful for that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, surprised I didn't go to Sojourn with that much of a hipster. <laughs> Inside reference, those who are listening. <laughs> Wonderful. Shout out uh, to the little friends. Yeah, amen. Wonderful. Uh, much of uh, I think much of children and family ministry is either bad theology or no theology. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, the uh, you know, one thing I've observed with a lot of children's programs is, you know, if we were to preach from the pulpit what are what is taught to children in our churches it would be condemned, wouldn't it? It would be condemned as heresy sometimes, even. Yeah, and I mean, that's scary to think of, but um, a lot of moralism, and uh, yeah, it stops short of the gospel, and 
uh, just the motives for obedience and things like that, it is pretty uh, concerning. Yeah, I mean, even the study of the Bible, exegesis or explanation of the text, is so sloppy at times that if I were to go up in a pulpit before a church, I feel like I would be ridiculed for that. I would hope I would be ridiculed at least, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, particularly the younger you go, uh, and I think trying to put the cookies on the the bottom shelf, um, I think sometimes it undersells kids for what they can understand and um, not that you need to do a Greek or Hebrew lesson with them, but uh, I think that we can, a lot of material could go beyond what it does yeah. and present it clearer and, and more faithful to, you know, both the God's intention and the, the human author's intention. So, Amen. All I know is you had me at cookies. <laughs> yeah, I, I know how you are. <laughs> but, I mean, I know steak would be better. But... And bacon, especially. Bacon would be wonderful. Steak wrapped in bacon. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. With some cookies. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like not only is it that the theology is bad, but churches often have no theological uh, criteria, no standard there for children's ministry. You know, most churches, we're fortunate to be in a church situation where they've called us to serve and appointed us largely based on our training uh, and knowledge of the word to be over the children and family ministry. But most churches don't have those resources, and often it becomes just, you know, the person that uh, is the best with kids that maybe has very little to no knowledge of the Bible at all. Yeah, that's true. When I first came here, um, we were at a social gathering with someone, and that was we hadn't even actually I hadn't started at the church yet, and someone was talking about, oh yeah, this is Ben's new title, uh, the role he's gonna be playing, and this person at the party said, oh yeah, I used to do children's church too, and then they was saying something about, oh, when, when Ben preaches, she goes, wait, you're a preacher. <laughs> You know, and wow. so it was sort of thought that I was just going to be like passing out animal crackers or something. Um, Isn't that and all? So, what that? Isn't that all it is, though? I, you know, well, we do include Kool Aid, but of course. Um, nice. No, no, we try to try to stay away from that, but um, but yeah, it's it's because a lot of churches don't aren't able to do that. Then it can be someone who's not as able to handle the word and, and you know I don't say that in an arrogant way just you know we've had the, the benefit of, of a good bit of training and so with that we were well taught and, and not that we're God's gift to teaching or preaching um, but hopefully we're you know if the church called us to serve in that role yeah. they saw that there was some uh, gifting there but you know in some of the research I've done um, as Sunday school rose in popularity in the 1700 1800s um, and, and lay people took more charge of it, which you're you're thankful for lay involvement um, and people using their gifts. But then yeah. the, the pastor was sort of removed from the process. And then his publishing houses started producing material, um, and they were trying to reach a broader uh, consumer base, or you know, trying to reach a broader audience. Um, they wanted to avoid doctrinal conflict, and so rather than teaching theology itself, they said, we'll just teach biblical text, um, which in and of itself is not wrong, but yeah. there, there are theological implications that come out of text, and so, you know, it's when you come to certain passages and you've got a, a, a Presbyterian and a Baptist, um, if you get into too much theology, then there's going to be disagreement, and, you know, one of those groups is not going to be able to use it, and so... You know that led to just teaching Bible stories, and 
you know, that, that can kind of undercut that the Bible is a unity and yeah. that it's about God showing his grace in his son. Um, and so, I mean, the kind of the, the worst way it happens is you just teach random Bible stories, mm-hmm. not even a, a, a order to it. What's so cute, right? It, it can give the impression that it's just a collection of fables or something and yeah. not seeing that there's a um, there's an order to what God is doing in history. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right on about that, and I think it's unfortunate. I think you really see that. I, I really liked how you tried to bring up it was not, it was in order to not really draw a line and to make it so broad theologically that anyone could use it. I think of a uh, VBS curriculum, and I won't name which one it is, but I think that falls into a lot of these areas. I think Ben knows which one I'm referring to, but I'd rather not put it in the podcast. Uh, and I've seen uh, it, this VBS advertised simultaneously to Mormons as well as to Church of Christ. Uh, now, uh, the United Church of Christ and the Mormon Church don't exactly have much in common other than a vague awareness and following of Jesus. So if you're able to appeal to both Mormons and you're able to appeal to the United Church of Christ, there's probably nothing of real significance there, is there? That's a good point. I mean, yeah, to, to reach, um, <laughs> and then trying to reach evangelicals. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't want to say in, in between, but as well, uh, that, you know, those creates <laughs> We shouldn't be in between, unfortunately we are sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I really think uh, an, an example, an illustration of how much this is a problem, uh, I really think of the story of David Michaels. David Michaels was the family pastor from and the children pastor for many years at uh, Children Desiring God up at Bethlehem Baptist in Minneapolis, John Piper's Church. You might know that church is John Piper's Church. And he famously, when he inherited the children's stuff, when he inherited the children's programs, he went through all that was being taught and kind of studied it with a fine-tooth comb. And he, he decided that, I'm not going to teach this to the kids, that... In fact, no curriculum was better than this curriculum, (laughs) having no curriculum at all. So he decided to throw the curriculum away and start over from scratch, things that they had embraced and just unknowingly embraced as a church. And I think that shows how much there's a problem. Even in a church as healthy as John Piper's church, there was curriculum being taught to a kid that, uh, at best-case scenario, belonged in the trash. Yeah, I mean, he said it, you know, went against what the very things we were being taught from the pulpit. So um, that's that's sending a very clear mixed message to your kids and to families, you know, when you're they're getting opposite sides of things, you know, and during the same time. Yeah. You know, I when I came on to the church. I saw a children's church curriculum, and I won't give too much information on what it is, but this children's church curriculum was being used by Baptist churches not far from our area, and it was appealed to other Baptist churches. And I think uh, this also shows just how bad some of it can be. And I remember as I went through it, I saw very few references to Jesus, but when they were, it was really moralistic. and. This is a curriculum that was embraced despite the fact that there was a keyest lesson with so much against what the Bible says. It was so theologically off-base. In fact, it was heretical, which means not Christian, that I can read word for word what one of the lessons on Zacchaeus said. It says, talk about how we do all things, all do things that are not good sometimes. Emphasize that even though we might not always do good things, that does not make us bad people in God's eyes. Do you think it makes us bad people in God's eyes, Ben? I think that belongs in the trash can too. Yeah, talk. Um, 
yeah, it, it really teaches a bad view of human nature. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about just using biblical texts. I mean, there's just plenty of biblical texts you could go to that say the exact opposite of that. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, we're, we're snakes and, um, you know, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can even know it? Amen. Jeremiah said. Uh, and so, you know, not that we rejoice in that, but that's the reality. Yeah, we have that's to the reality that. that Christ came to redeem us from. And so we need to teach our kids the truth about themselves. And fortunately, or rather unfortunately, this curriculum then provided an understanding of justification from the justification I guess we don't need really uh, to them. Talk about how <laughs> we, justification is how we're saved, basically. Talk about how we try not to do those bad things again, and that God thinks that we are good people for trying to be good. So basically, life is about being good rather than bad. Uh, that's Christianity, according to this post. Wonderful. And that was taught, that's being taught to children all throughout this country and churches yeah I mean and that's and then in, in the pulpit hopefully the pastor is saying we're saved by grace alone absolutely um, and, and so but if, if the kids have been fed a steady diet of that for several years um, they they don't have the ability to sort through all of that on their own and so, no they don't they, yeah they're kids and they're the most suspect to these kind of dangerous doctrine to me that's especially why I think I think children's ministry and family ministries, what we teach children alongside parents often, has been one of the biggest uh, breeding grounds for moralistic therapeutic deism. Have you heard the term moralistic therapeutic deism from Christian Smith? Yes, I have. Um, basically, the idea, well, it was based on a survey he did of American young people, and found he summarized their view of the Christian God uh, as a it was moralistic. It was just on based on being good or bad. It was therapeutic. This God was, you know, therapy. He was there to kind of make us better and nicer people. And he was deistic. He was he kind of started the world, got it together, and then. But he's not involved in the, the details. He just sort of sits back. If we need him, we can call yeah. on him. Um, and so, if that's your view of God, then I can see why you know you would walk away from church. Absolutely. Um, the good news is that's not the God the Bible presents. No, it is not at all. Um, but it is sort of the God that we have presented in, in children and in youth ministry. Um, <clears throat> I've been reading through a book called Grounded in the Gospel, and it's about um, teaching in the church. And uh, one of the authors said that, you know, the billions of dollars we spend on youth ministers, Christian music, publishing, and media has produced a culture of young Christians who know next to nothing about wow. their own faith, except how they should feel about it. Wow, that is deep. Wow, that's boom. That is so true. Uh, I want to read real quick the definition from Wikipedia of the five points of... Uh, more or less like therapeutism. Oh, therapeutic man, Wikipedia. Yeah, um, I know. I actually, I think it's referring to his own book, but I mean, I could have written this up right beforehand, and and uh, maybe somebody will change it right afterwards. I assure you, <laughs> I did not write it. The <laughs> uh, first uh, point was, a God exists who created and ordered the world and watches over human life on Earth. A second, God wants people to do to be good, nice, and fair to each other, as taught in the Bible and by most world religions. Exactly kind of what I was referring to. The central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Basically a Disney movie, right? <laughs> God does not need to be uh, particularly involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem. And true. I mean, really, that's the moralistic lessons, you know. It's, a, it's just needed to solve a problem. Good people yeah. go to heaven when they die. 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. a match of children's ministry. Much of what we teach children in churches, does it not follow basically these five criteria? Kind of plus a little bit of Jesus? Uh, very much so. It's, you know, um, be good because good is good and don't yeah. be bad because bad is bad. And oh, yeah, and you should probably, you should accept Jesus, yeah. you know. And it's really, um, Jesus is needless in this, but he's kind of, you got to, you got to follow Jesus. I don't really know why you have to accept Jesus, but you got to accept Jesus who died for you, even though you don't need to be died for. Or, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's sad that there is so much out there um, that, that does fit that description. Uh, I'm thankful that the tide is changing some, and there are some yeah, good resources absolutely. out there. But... Yes, there is. Yeah, and I think another uh, dilemma that we often see in this, and we're going to get to some positives, and I can, can be very much a uh, negative Nancy or negative, I don't know what the uh, male one of it would, negative Legend. Nate. Yeah, exactly. Although gender is a construct nowadays, according to our culture, so <laughs> maybe it isn't negative. So restrictive. Nancy. Yeah, exactly. No, it is not restrictive. <laughs> uh, the, I, I think one major factor that has led to a detrimental view on theology and family and children's ministry likewise is the idolatry of the cute in kids' ministry. Do you know what I'm referring to there? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, I mean, let's face it, kids are cute. I, I think my kids are cute. No, I'm partial, but... Um, Kids are cute, and they are cute. You know, I think there's a a desire to give children the word of God, but to sanitize it and to make it all happy. Um, but That's you know, deep. if you've read the Bible, you have to say, yeah, this isn't G-rated. It's not all happy and cute, and um, we can't just associate positive, happy feelings with everything in the Bible. Um, it just doesn't lend itself to that, and so. Um, you know, that, that there is a problem. You know, you go into like a, um, a children's room and then there's, you know, arc wallpaper or something and they've got these animals, you know, and they're singing and dancing and they're all happy. It's like, yeah, and everyone else was destroyed because yeah. of their sin. Um, and so, the, and even, I mean, our, our church nursery um, is modeled after an arc. Now, thankfully, in our <sighs> our uh, our servant uh Manual, we have a, an explanation in there that it was actually um, the ark was God's rescue out of judgment for Noah and his family. And so now, do you guys have like painted piles of dead bodies on the ground there? Uh, we actually have some, you know, some skeletons, <laughs> you know, piled up. No. Um, that would be a nice accurate. touch. I just, you know, we don't have money in the budget for it right now. So yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. But yeah, <laughs> that would be accurate, right? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's but maybe a, I mean you, you expound more because I think you may have a have more in mind than I, I'm saying. But yeah, for me, one thing I thought of with that idea of the idolatry of the cuteness, you know, I've known many children's ministry leaders that one of their first ways that they assess whether it be a VBS. Uh, Kingdom Cadets as our children's church program, a children's church type thing, Sunday school, anything that's involved with kids, the first thing they look to is not what they're being taught, but things like crafts and games and uh, cute activities for the kids, uh, even cute uh, object lessons for the children. So the focus is first on... Uh, on the way that we illustrate rather than first on what we teach. And I think in that's really the idolatry, the cute. It's more to many times when that's the case, it's more about that cute and fun thing that you get to take a little Snapchat picture of with a kid than it's really about what the kids are being taught. Sometimes, don't you see that? I do, yeah. And, and it's, um, 
you got to watch out for that Snapchat, though. You may have kids whose parents don't want those out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we had the issue with that at VBS with some kids from a daycare, and it was like, whoa, whoa, wait, put the cameras up. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it is um, that can be a guiding principle. Um, and I don't know if that's just because it's thought, well, they're, they're getting the Bible, we're talking about Jesus, so it's all okay, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's really putting the cart before the horse, I think, in that. It is. I mean, you choose. You should choose illustrations and things based on the content, not, you know, find some illustrations and then find some content to fit it. Well, that will conclude part one of our first Theological Family Ministry, or TFM, podcast discussion. We will be concluding this discussion in part three, our third podcast, before, in the middle section, in episode two, we explore some discussions and interesting thoughts about Christmas and how they play into our faith. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.